Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, beautiful human. Thank you so much for letting us into your ears today. We are about to get to know Chase, Huddy, Hudson. We know him. Maybe. If you, if you haven't, he's a cool guy. Really fascinating. A lot to talk about. All the things I hate about you is his most recent release. It's a pretty good record. We'll dive into it. Also, subscribe to our podcast, please. Share with those you care about and let us know who we should talk to next at Zach Sang Show on any form of social media. I appreciate you. Here's Huddy. Hello there, beautiful human. My name is Zach. That is Dan. And we welcome to the studio. Huddy. Hey. Woo. <laughs> Hello, you guys. My name's Huddy. <laughs> my uh, my full name is Cole Chase Hudson, but I go by Chase, and uh, my artist name is Huddy. Why do we not go by Cole? Um, my dad's a Cole, but we're not exactly oh. juniors, but really close to it. He's Cole Ellis Hudson. I'm Cole Chase Hudson. And your dad's a musician? Um, my dad plays like 20 different forms of like guitar. He plays like banjo. He plays bass. He plays... Sick ukulele he teaches ukulele to kids he's also a teacher so he just uh he's, he teaches sixth grade but he um teaches ukulele after school and uh he knows how to play so many instruments which has inspired me a lot wait that's really cool yeah so you're around music from the very beginning oh from the very get-go my sister was in choir from the time i was able to walk and when do you do you just watch her when do you join um, I I never really joined. I I was always a kid that would that would sing, but I was always too uh, nervous to really use my voice and uh, talk about it. My mom always told me I had a good voice, but I always like it's like yeah, that's just my mom, just my mom, you know. And then once I came around to being like, well, maybe let's try this thing out. Um, that's when I was like, okay, maybe I'll I'll go for it. But I had no idea I could really sing. Why did sports get your attention? Sports always got my attention um, because when I was a little kid, my dad always wanted to be the coach dad. So uh, I started with soccer when I was very young. My dad was my soccer coach and he was my t-ball coach, which then got me into baseball. And then I was playing baseball until I was like 14. Then I started playing um, lacrosse and baseball. I started leaning towards lacrosse, but I have a lot of love for both sports. Were we any good at any of this? We're pretty good, yeah? I was pretty good. I was a... I was a pitcher, I was a catcher at one point, I was a really good shortstop, and uh, I was fast, so I would play, um, I think midfield is what it's called, yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. It's been a while. You could lie to me about everything that has to do with sports and I'd believe you. Really? I, yeah. <laughs> no clue, bro. Zero, zero, zero idea. So, but you don't make it through all of high school. No, I actually- You graduate um, early. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I um, by force though, right? Kind of. So when I was a sophomore, I just kind of had enough of high school's bullshit, and uh, I switched to online school. And then from there, I started taking double the courses that I needed to because the classes were easier online. And so I ended up doing my junior and senior at the same time, and I finished uh, the 
sophomore semester really easy. Yeah, but what motivates that? Like, what what was the main fuel and desire to get that just out of the way? Just to get to LA. For work, for career, for life, all of it. I had a long plan. You know, I had a five-year plan from a very young age, and I wanted to get to LA and eventually meet people that were working in the music industry and try and start a name for myself in that capacity. Okay, so you have a plan that you form at what age? I was about like 15. And, but it starts with a drive to make music or what? Like, what, because musically, lip syncing was. <laughs> that had nothing to do with it, but. Hunter Hayes and Wanted was like a, a song on that app that changed your life. Right. So is that fucking weird? It is weird, but there's a weird thing that I saw as an opportunity through TikTok, which was a sort of ladder format where you start on, on social media from a place where no one really knows social media, but everyone around like the US was already doing TikTok at the time. And so I started on TikTok and I did that for like three, four years before I was able to even meet anyone that worked in the music business. But yeah. I had to be in LA, I had to be established and already have like a name and a brand for myself. And then I was like, well, this is what I have, but this is really what I want to do. This is where I want to go with my career I've always wanted to do music so was the want to do music when you were posting or even thinking about posting on musically like going way back to the beginning beginning like yes and no it was kind of more for fun but then I really saw the opportunity and like what I could do with it if I uh, like was on the right track was there a moment that changed that like perspective or like made you see the light or the path that you could take um I think when I first started actually getting to LA, it started becoming more real for me. And I was 16 at the time. So I was seeing the opportunity, but I was like, dude, I'm too small for this. I don't even know where produce, like I didn't know where to start. You know, there was no place in my mind that like knew where to go when it came for a producer, a writer, like anything to do with music was just so foreign to me. And I always viewed it as such like a foreign thing. And um, especially for the kind of music I wanted to make, the only music that was in my hometown was rap. Which is Stockton. Yeah. But you always wanted to make pop punk? I always wanted to make punk. Where does that, where does that come from? Nothing really. I just, for, maybe for the love of uh, just live instruments, I love drums and guitars, and I think that just gets my spirit flowing. So... I've, there's so much to take in here because your your dad's pretty cool. Yeah. But also, like, it is weird that, like, musically gives you your first taste of fame, though. Mm hmm. Right? Kind of, yeah. Well, do you remember that? Honestly, it's, it's like, fizzling in my memory, but it's, yeah, I, I remember most of it. It's just kind of a uh, platform that I started on. I was just posting. It was, I don't know, it was more like casual. I just viewed it as, like, a, a personal relationship with, people on the internet and you've talked about needing to showcase who you are to develop a real relationship with the audience mm -hmm. that's on the other side like it's more than a lip sync or a dance or whatever yeah it's always been you've posted 10,000 TikToks as of 2020 Jesus I, I didn't even know that <laughs> I mean, that's wild right that, 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 is, that is pretty wild there was a there was a point I remember 
once I started to gain a little bit of traction, I was like, I, I really want to develop a, a personal relationship with these people. And they just added the live feature to it. So there was a point where I went live every day for like three years and I would just talk to people. And like, that's kind of where the foundation of like connecting with people started. And I really saw that as like something I could do way more focused if it were music. You know what I mean? That's really interesting because like, Connecting with other people does something for them, but it also does something for you, mm-hmm. right? There is a f- there is some sort of relationship that's developed by going live with somebody every day for three years. Yeah, it, w- it was just, I would go live, it'd be like however many people would join and I would just respond to the comments and just like play music that I was into and just talk. When you're doing that, do you see it as individual people on the other side or do you see it as one? I see it as both. Explain that. So you can focus your energy on speaking to one person at a time, or you can feel like, now I'm going to say something that attends to everybody. You know, you could respond to a comment and answer that person's specific question, but you could also respond to something that feels like you're answering for everybody. I don't know. How do you see music in that same way? I see music as an outlet to speak to everyone but you're also speaking to yourself the most like you're being honest with yourself through music so when um you're able to bring yourself to that place it gets um the other people's relatability out of you you know they see the relatability of what you're going through yeah they feel understood by you sharing your story Mm. i mean there's so much music to talk about there's so much life like is it wild that in I know it feels like a long time, but in essentially four or five years, you've lived like an insane life. You think so? I mean, dude, the notes that I lost were like seven pages deep. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I mean, do you not think so? I I feel like I've lived a pretty, pretty cool life, but I like to, you know, I always downplay everything that happens in my life. Like I try to be like, oh, that was, that was cool, you know, or that sucked oops or you know I always downplay everything when it comes to life and so I never uh look at myself from like a third eye perspective I never like put myself in another person's shoes looking at me you know and it's hard to do right do you wish you could yeah I wish I could put myself in your shoes and uh see what you're thinking or yeah you know I wish I could see what anyone thinks of me you know how how hard is that to cope or process when it's magnified or amplified in the tens and tens and tens and tens of millions of people looking back um i feel like it's weird but at the same time it everything's how you treat it and i like to look at things like uh just another day like if you treat everything as just like one day at a time and I don't know it it makes it feel more uh human I guess it feels normal because I've been doing it for so long but it's not long in the scheme of life it's only five years I know it feels like no time but like so much time like I feel like I've lived three lives within that time like do you think about House of Olympus era <laughs> my god wait how how did you 
know about that. Are we bummed that the Ipe House was not named House of Olympus? Honestly, it would have been harder, but that was just my <laughs> personal opinion. I thought that was cool, but um, yeah, obviously Hype House came about to be what it was. I mean, that like that's not even the beginning of it. That's like not even the that was middle. Like the first day. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 your career did begin before that. You were making videos at home. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, how do you? What do we think of Hype House era? Right now. Yeah, hottie. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, is that like, is that such a distant memory to you, or is it still around? Um, I definitely cherish those memories. I feel like you live and you learn a lot, and especially what happened when we were doing the high house days. I feel like I got to understand what it's like to live with so many people, and I I feel like I got a large uh, understanding for, um, like, I guess empathy for others. And like, we all kind of dealt with the same problems together. Um, I don't know. We all, we all went through it, but when it came to me taking a, a turn out, I, I think it was a little bit harder because it was harder to say goodbye, I guess, because I, I, I cared about them so much, but I also knew it was right for me at the time, which was, I was starting to do music and I, really did music without telling anyone and putting it anywhere for about like six months before I even dropped my my first song so it was it's a big thing behind the scenes but when I moved out it wasn't even public yet so they were like why is Chase hmm. moving from Hype House into his own thing what what's going on what is he doing and um, yeah I guess that was hard for them and um, it was hard for me as well, like to really take that because I had been so close with them for like two years. Do you draw in those moments for inspiration for the debut album at all, or no? Mm-mm. Zero. You that debut album is coming from what chapter of life that's being lived? Um, it's funny because it was from all all of the chapters of life that I lived. It was an album solely about. Uh, getting people to know a little bit of like an understanding of my love life and how it's gone or how it goes. And that went according to every one of my relationships. I took them all into account for that first project. Whereas the music that I'm making now is a lot more of my current feelings, emotions, and what I'm going through through life. But I thought that I would give an introduction by giving them a backstory. Got it. So like we see Homie Hopper as like an in-between. That's it's, yes. You're calling the song. Homie no, Hopper? it's just like, dude, it's such a great like. It's just a great series of words that just sticks out in my head so vividly. Is that fucked up? No. Are you offended? Okay, I hope you're not uh, offended by it. No, not at all. Okay. I've had people turn the phrase "homie hopper" into bumper stickers and <laughs> like merch and sell it for me. I'm like, dude, what? I, I'm like, what did I just create? It's. A, I mean, what did what did you create? By the way, respect that you brought your own water in a reusable bottle. Yeah. Respect. Absolutely. I got to bring them everywhere with me. Wow. A Dior reusable bottle. Wow. Excuse <laughs> me. Jesus Christ. He corrected you. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> when you guys were writing the song, did you did you know the homie hopper lyric would have the impact that it had? Um, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, we came, we came up with the line at the same time. We came up with like, we're, we're just going to say all these things back to back and then we'll go into like the more elongated lyrics. They're like, bad liar, homie, hopper, drama starter. I was like, wait, dude, what the fuck? You're on to something. And we came up with it and within like three minutes. We came up with that. That song took two days. Really? Is that yeah. the fastest song you've ever made? Um, Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. What is the main difference between that record and what you've put out before? Um, the realness of it. It's a lot more raw, and I think I'm I'm being a lot more honest with my music now that I understand how to make music. When I did my first project, I was honest, but I don't think I was very honest, you know? And I wanted to... Is that attached to confidence? Honestly, yeah. Like, I, f I feel like getting more comfortable in the studio helps you understand what you want to say more understand what you want to do instrumentally um and vocally and like what you want to do and how you want to take it like there's a lot of things that were uh improv in there a lot of like the the runs on the song like even in the in the bridge there were some in the the pre and there was like a few in in the chorus as well it's like a lot of stuff's like just very on spot like i feel more comfortable and that's not something that i would have done like going into the first album i was um i was helped out a lot but i also um like it more now that i'm able to like do it all my way that i, I like i got to the comfortability zone where i was good with making music better by myself whereas it was harder to um to do alone because i didn't really know what i was doing at first i didn't um uh What's it called? I had my whole album done before I even released my first single. Um, Teenage Heartbreak was done before I dropped 21st Century. And so I was still getting to know myself and me as an artist, but now I've got it all figured out, I guess. It's a process, but you definitely, I mean, you having confidence and then like, I'm assuming you changed up who you work with in the studio? Yeah, yeah, a lot. Like, it, who you were around that matters the most no absolutely and I've, I've started to work with a lot of uh um younger producers younger writers people that um are like going through the same things as me can really re really relate to me on that aspect and um yeah it's it's really helped my spirit i've been working with this guy named west period he's an amazing writer and um me and him um wrote the whole song together and correct me if I'm wrong, but like your label changes too now. Um, yeah, I'm currently independent right now. It's pretty sick. That's the first time I'll be announcing this. Is that scary or freeing? Um, kind of both. I, I feel like it's it's freeing in in a way that I get to um, say and do whatever it is that I want now. But also, it's scary in the fact that I like had that rock you know i had yeah. people helping me creatively visually um and do all the the press even for the the music so it was a lot more helpful going into it but now it's, it's also freeing in a way that that was beautiful for what it was and now i'm um a free agent and i'm able to now know what i'm doing now that i've had the little bit of experience that's it like you come at it with a bunch of knowledge, a bunch of understanding, newfound confidence, and more understanding in yourself as an artist. 
but also in the same breath, like you wait for no one, you do it on your time, you're subject to nothing else. Like being a label is really incredibly difficult because you can have the best song in the world and you will fall victim to everything else that's around you and other label priorities. Does that make sense? Like, Absolutely. I mean, you can sit on the best record for years and years and years and it can never get heard because there's a bunch of other people in line. And that line is going to grow based on who somebody else deems as important or vital. Yeah, absolutely. And, well, I was... I would say I was working with the, like the best label. Like, oh, Interscope's it, great. Interscope's amazing, and I have nothing and but great things to say about them. Um, and they work with all of the the top artists, and for me, I still have to break through. I still have to like get my arms and legs when it comes to me as a musician, and that's totally understandable. I still have a lot of time and growing to do, I guess, as a musician. But the release of this last record does it not prove anything to you? I mean, it proves everything, but I, <laughs> I, I definitely, um, it's killing it. Yeah. I, I I'm really proud of it. Uh, but it's, it's crazy that this is my first, uh, release as an independent artist. You should be so proud. I feel, really? I feel, I feel very proud of it, especially like the, the music video. I took a, a director that I had uh, done a, and, uh, worked a, on a video with for, for party crasher and we came back in and, um, felt like. It, it, it was like a consecutive like thing it felt like we just worked on party crash and then we were working on this project like me and him just worked so amazingly his name's mooch you have the ability to find collaborators that like understand you and get it and you can turn that into the sky's the limit you know absolutely and you could it's all it's all you you call the shots it is scary as fuck right but there's there's something that's freeing about it. And also, like, you make your way back to wherever you need to be, wherever you want to be. Absolutely. If you want to be there. True. I mean, by the way, you should listen. I know you have already, but all the things I hate about you. Great record. Chef's Kiss. Yeah. You sh- thing approved. Dude, you should be fucking proud. Isn't it good? It's really good. <sighs> Thank you so much. Man. Yeah. Fuck. Were you nervous at all about releasing it, knowing what the lyrics were and people are going to dissect it? Um... Absolutely. I was I was pretty nervous about about releasing it, but also I think when I made it in the studio, it gave me um closure in its own sense to the where I was able to just be like, okay, these are my emotions. I'm letting them go. I'm leaving them in the studio, and that's how I feel about every time I write a song. So, what do you take with you from that record that you've now carried with uh, that now you apply to the music you make moving forward? Honestly, it's helped me understand my sound sonically for um music going forward especially so now i have like um a bar to live up to as well so i'm i'm seeing the standard rise and i'm seeing like um i don't even know what i'm trying to say like I, i'm seeing like where i want to go with with my music next just by by looking at at this record and I feel like I'm a lot more real in this record and I want to continue to do so going forward like I want to be able to attach my music into my real life in many ways would you learn from somebody like Travis Barker I learned a lot I, I feel like he he taught me so much in the time that that we spent together and it wasn't even much like he he would come to the studio and we would do like half my project like we would we would sit there and we would drum 
um, through a bunch of records and pretty much reworked them and um, give them new life. Like he he would come in the studio, we'd have a finished song, and he'd make it sound completely brand new because of the ways that he would uh, um, add to a song. Like he's uh, such a life in the studio. Anything that you apply to how you work now? Um, I think his work ethic is is one of those things. Um, another thing that we talked about in the studio was like his fashion sense. Um, so I, I definitely took a lot from that. I mean, we had a, a conversation. Um, we did like a Facebook audio live room. That's and, cool. And um, me, him, and Modson, we talked, and he, and he gave me a lot of uh, advice about love. This was like a beginning of the year. <laughs> and do we take any of it? Take all of it. Have we, how's it worked out? Not too good. <laughs> 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 but... Um, I mean, he was telling me these things when I was when I was single, but it just—it's so beautiful to to listen to how he um, cares about Courtney. Like he, is, he's such a like caring person. I've cried watching their love. It's, Honestly, it's like it's moving to me. It is beautiful. It's when he went to her father's grave to ask, like, for her, like his permission to like, marry her. Like, I'm gonna get joked. He is a gentleman. I I truly believe that. Classy guy. He's a great guy. So, life as it relates to art. We release this last record. It's very straightforward. It's very open and honest. We're going to keep it that way moving forward. But how do you know what's meant for a song and what's meant for you? Um, or is there something to oversharing? That's an interesting question. Can you try and hear reward that for me? Like, there are things out there that are meant to stay private and things that can be put in mm -hmm. song. And But there's a line, right, between being too, too open and honest mm -hmm. and, I don't know, oversharing, you know? Yeah, I feel like when you're, when you're being honest in your music, it's only try to be honest about your feelings because there's always like a huge story and if you try to tell too much of it that it can get overshared very easily but when you're just trying to um stay true to i guess the concept as which you're going to that you'll end up finding the result that you're looking for what are you thinking well how do you feel about america's sweetheart today America's Sweetheart today? Yeah. Like, a lot's changed since that song came out. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that song looking back at it? I don't know. It's it's one of those songs It's very, like, different song than any of the stuff that I've made. Uh, it's, like, the one song that stands um, alone on the album that's, like, more of, like, a, like a sad love song. And... I don't know how I feel about it right now. It's one of those songs that I I look back at and I have, I haven't really like I haven't really listened to that song um in a while. So I don't really know how I feel about it today, but could take on a whole new meaning. It could could take on a whole new meaning. Do you feel like today you're still viewed as the bad guy to a lot of people or do you think the image has changed? Um I don't know. I don't, honestly, like, this is why I want to be in other people's um, <laughs> shoes to, like, look at me because yeah. 
I don't really know how people people view me anymore, but I guess it's kind of up for, up to them as to how people want to perceive me because some people have always perceived me as a bad guy and some people have perceived me the other way around. You know, it's just all up to the, the eyes of the viewer. Mm-hmm. How do you want them to perceive you though? Um, I don't know. I guess, honestly, I, I like to leave it up to them because um, like with the music, I want them to look at me and, and think um, that I'm I'm like a person for the for the people. I want to speak to a larger crowd of people through my feelings, and I'm, I'm always trying to be very on point with how I feel in my music, just so I can relate to other people. So I can I don't know, like I, I try to I try to be the person that everyone can look to for some sort of guidance you know i want i want people to take something away from my music um and i think that's always something good like i don't think there's anything really bad about it why do you think people bullied you in school i think people bullied me in school because i was i was nice and that's genuine like people bullied me in school because uh i allowed them to push me around it's the same way that that i've always allowed people to push me around today it's kind of like I eat the things that people say to me. And so people loved to make fun of me in, in high school. And so because I would allow people to just say shit, I wouldn't sort of say anything back. Like it just meant like people wanted to do it more. Hmm. I was always nice. but Do you regret that? Like, yeah. I, I guess it made it harder for me to stand up for myself uh, in life. I've always been like a very giving, nice um, person. And I think that uh, if I were to stand up for myself when I was younger, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how I would have turned out because I I was just raised around a lot of uh, negative people. And so um, looking back at it now, I, I wish I stood up to a lot more people, but I don't know. I don't look at it as a, a bad thing. I I take everything in life um, that's been thrown my way and I just like, I look back at it and I'm just like, well, it wasn't me being the one that was being rude to them. And so I have nothing to worry about. Things have turned out pretty fine, you know? Could be worse. Could be way worse. Could be so much worse. Well, I feel like the music and all the things I hate about you is your way of now standing up for yourself. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think after... A a breaking point you just uh you start to realize like you have to at some point i didn't know uh i love this this makes me so happy you're a bts fan oh yeah i'm a huge bts fan (laughs) you listen to one of their records over and over and over again which one was it um i was just listening to it i know you've seen them live a bunch of times um, what is the record? It's in, my, it's in my notes. Where did it go? There's a lot of records that I love by them. But what what was your first introduction to them? My first introduction to them was... Um, oh, So What was the record. So What. Great song. Um, <laughs> so good. What's it called? The, I was introduced to them by the 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 kids react to this person <laughs> channel. So it, it was like kids or teenagers or somebody reacting to BTS. 
And I was like, this is the coolest music video I've ever fucking seen. And that was how I was introduced to them. I just started watching the music videos over and over again. Like they have a completely different world when it comes to music videos and it's so thought through and yes. perfect and everything down to the hair, the, the style, the everything, it matches the song. They embody whatever song that they're putting out. And I've noticed that with a lot of uh, K-pop groups. And I, I think that's just, I think it's genius. Like what they're, what the K-pop world does for music is genius. And I think a lot more people should be paying attention. You are preaching to the choir, but you're also 100% accurate. Their aesthetic is incredible, but the lyrical integrity that exists in BTS's songs, like early, 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 early BTS stuff, they were touching on things that were so relevant in people's lives, like being overworked at school and being bullied and being being made to feel like a recluse. Like they were really addressing topics mm -hmm. that nobody else was addressing, dressed up in this aesthetic that was so really different. And uh, God, they're incredible. I love them so much. I love BTS. I'm a huge fan of them. And uh, I've been like, more of like a, a private fan now. Like I feel like they're yeah. You got uh, they came at you. Uh, what happened? You tried to you tried to join Weverse. I tried joining Weverse and uh, I, I got I got uh, bagged on immediately. So I was just like, okay. Why though? Deal. Can can we help you? Like can I like can I help squash this beef? I I don't think there's so much of a beef. I mean, I, clearly they bullied you. They rallied <laughs> against you to get off an app. I definitely just stood back and was just like, you know what? Okay, I understand. Like, I'll I'll leave you guys to it. You know what I mean? There's already <laughs> the big dogs in charge. They run that app. Like that's like we versus is is ran and I don't know. It was also like very foreign to me. So I didn't want to like try anything out, mess anything up. You know, I didn't want to piss anyone off. And I was just like, well, I'll just leave you guys to it. You know, like I I didn't want to. Crossfire with anybody, you know. I, I don't want bad blood. What was it like seeing BTS at the Rose Bowl? You you went to that show, right? Yes, I went to the the Rose Bowl show. It was um, 2019. That was a really great concert. They, I don't think anything I've experienced in my life has lived up to that concert. Like, they really put on a fucking show. Like, really <laughs> I was did. at the same show. You were there? Yeah, they're so good. <laughs> It's insane. The fireworks, like the water cannons, like they had a bouncy castle blow up within like 30 seconds. I was losing my mind. I was like, this is fucking sick. You were there the same yeah. time? Oh my They're, gosh. I love them. They've been on our show. I mean, I don't know how many times. Maybe eight times. What? Six times. That's awesome. Yeah, they're great. We love, I love them. And I, God, do you have a bias? Um... I've always had two biases. It's V and Jimin. A lot of taste. I fucking love them. I love all of them, to be honest. Like I think they're dope, swaggy, in all of their own individual ways. Jungkook, I love him. They're all so good. Mm. Jungkook's great. Jungkook's really, like, uh, amazing. Especially when it comes to, like, I, I see, like, f photos of them for, like, cover shoots and stuff. Jungkook kills it. Yeah. <laughs> He's fucking... He's good, bro. Like they're incredible models. You you gotta watch their show on Disney Plus. 
Oh, they got a show now. Yeah. Well, they've had a show, and now you're going to be able to watch it. It's on Disney Plus in America. It's really cool. It's like cool. just them living in, in a house and like doing things. Oh, my gosh. Is it like- I think you're going to be addicted to it, to be honest. Is it past or present? It is a combination of both. You can get old episodes, but it is very much present. Okay. Cool. Yeah. What's it called? I'll check it out. Um, I don't want to mispronounce it, but it's- Can you Google it? Yeah. It's like Into the Soup- um, let me. I mean, this just says BTS permission to dance. No, do Disney Plus. I'm on. That's on. Look. Oh, the con- yeah, but they have a show too. Oh, they have a show too. I'm just seeing the concert special. Okay, well, I will get you the name of it. Well, speaking of TV shows, what was your experience doing the Hype House show for Netflix? I think. Yeah. Did you enjoy that? Um, uh, that's uh, a. <laughs> it's a rough question. Um, in the soup, by the way. In the soup. O O P. Oh, okay. Welcome. I remember that. I I enjoyed Hype House. I had I had some fun. Definitely, the interview sections were killing me though. Like we had to do like like seven hour interviews, no joke. And like after uh, we filmed the whole show, we had to do like three of those, and it was like, all right, time to relive a situation that happened two months ago. (laughs) I'm like, all right, cool. Like. What are we talking about today? And they do would, they make you watch it, or do they just ask you questions about it? I didn't get to watch much, I'll be honest. I uh, got to watch, like, two scenes before it came out. Wow. Yeah, I didn't get to see much, but I had fun filming it, you know? It's always good to be around them. It's good to be around people. You're a big One Direction fan. Absolutely. You you recommended five songs from them, and they were all deep album cuts. Oh my gosh, I don't even remember when I did this. I mean, like, you have taste. Do you have the song names? I don't. Oh, man. But, like, anybody who goes deep album is, like, kudos. Yeah. Respect. I, I, I'm a big fan of uh, um, all of the early stuff, especially, like, um, I'll tell you guys when I got put on to One Direction. My sister was the biggest Nile Horn stand I had ever met. She had a cardboard cutout of him in her room. She had a hundred pictures of them printed a all across her room she had their bed sheets their pillows everything like she was the biggest 1D fan it was amazing to like get put onto it but she put me on um, when This Is Us came out when the movie came out she was like Chase you need to come see this I'm like okay so she uh, dragged me with her whole group of friends who obviously lost their mind like sitting right next to me and I was like this is the coolest shit ever like they're amazing like I've always looked up to them since I was like I was probably like twelve at that time. That's one. It's wild that you're so young, but two. There's never been a boy band like them. Truly, never. like the way they dress, the way they operate on stage, lack of choreography. Like nobody like them. I think that's what makes them more relatable. Totally, it, it's their their um, the characteristics that they held. Like they, they looked so much fun. Like they looked mm-hmm. like they were just having a blast the whole time. Because they were. That's awesome. I think a lot of times, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially when, um, when I watched the movie, like, dude, it just looked like they just lived a normal teenage life, and I think that's all they ever wanted to live. It's all I've ever wanted to live. Are you Are you doing that? Yeah, yeah. I try to, I try to live life as as normally as possible. To try and keep myself sane. Do you go home? Yeah, I went home like two days before I left for tour. I went and surprised my mom. That's fun. Are they still in Stockton? Yeah, my parents are, are still in Stockton. They're still teachers. And um, my parents have my dog right now. I, I gave my dog while I was going on tour. Wait, that's 
your parents are teachers. Yeah. How do they f- feel about this whole thing? Um, it was kind of strange explaining it to them. They they definitely feel so proud of me. Like I've had to to teach them the world of what I do is, and um, it's kind of it's definitely a lot, especially for my mom. Um, I think my dad, um, my dad uh, knows how to take it a little bit more. Um, but my mom's a softie at heart, so like when I'm going through shit, I have to like tell my mom, and it it, it um it, it's it's hard to to explain to my mom uh, like a lot of the 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 tougher shit. The drama. Yeah. Do they see it? Oh, they see everything. My mom's the first to see everything. She'll send me stuff. Like she's all <laughs> she's always on it. Like, do her students bring it up? No, my mom teaches. Um, um, I think first graders right now. Oh, great. Mm. <laughs> That's really cute. My dad teaches sixth graders, so I, if anyone's bringing up uh, drama, it'd probably be <laughs> my, my dad's class. Does drama get overwhelming? Yeah, yeah. Drama gets overwhelming, but I also try like stay out of it as much as possible. Do you feel required to answer it in your music? Um, I feel like there's, if there's only a place to answer it is through music like I feel like that's the only way you should I should speak is if I were to put something out in song form and art form I guess how many songs do you have done um unreleased mm-hmm. um I'll probably say like 60 songs whoa yeah I've got quite a few wow are you still writing like weekly or what yeah I'm usually in the studio like three four times a week I've been stacking songs since um since I put out 21st Century Vampire, All the Things is the first song that I've dropped since I made it in 2020. Whoa. Or 2021, sorry. Yeah, beginning of that year. So I've been making music since then. But when did you make this last record? When did this, you start it? I made it, um, I guess, like the first, maybe second week of June. Got it. That's a pretty fast turnaround. Yeah, it was pretty fast. We went in the studio, recorded the the hook, the first verse, and the pre all on the first day. And then the second day, we came in and did the second verse and the bridge, and we were done. Sick. What are you waiting for with the other 60 songs? Just the right time to drop it, or are you you're trying to figure out what you want to do with them all? I think, it, uh, for me, I want to come up with what song feels best next and just have like a good run of really solid singles before I uh, considered doing a next project but I was also uh, it was me trying a bunch of different vibes and trying to see what fits works um, next and just like playing around a lot in studio I built a, uh, a home studio during the summer so I've been recording a lot at home too oh wow and how often do we post on TikTok um well maybe like I guess for for the song, I posted quite a bit, but uh, before that, I think I posted like 15 times during the year, like something small like that. Yeah, it wasn't too many times. Do we like drama? No, I don't really like drama. Do we not think it helps business? I do stay out of the way of it for the most part. I just kind of like let drama happen, you know? I, I like let like the drama inside and then just kind of watch. <laughs> <laughs> sick <laughs> what's the like I, I'm not even a, like totally in the loop on all the drama mm. I just know homie hopper 
This is a great record. It's not called Homie Hopper. You should listen to all the things I hate about you. Link in the description below. Bum Star was a funny line, too. That's a funny line. That's a funny line, too. That's, um, there's a funny story about that line. Me and, uh, um, my best friends, Rylan, we've had this inside joke for four fucking years. And I've always loved the word Bum Star. That was hilarious. And, um, and so I was like, dude, that would be so funny if I could find a way to use it for this song. And um, so I just told my, my writers, I was just like, what if we use this inside joke that I just have for me and my friend and nobody knows what this word is? And they're like, yeah, if we could make it work. I mean, I don't know if it'll work, but it ended up, it ended up working out. What does it mean? It doesn't have a meaning. That's the thing about it. It's, a, it's like <laughs> slang. It, you know what I mean? There's never a... There's never a meaning it, for the type of slang. It's like one of those random words that we just come up with. Like once every two weeks, we'll have a new word. And so Bumstar was like that one word that stuck around with me and and my friend. And it's just- But what, how do you ever since. use it in context or in uh, a sentence? Oh, use Bumstar in a sentence. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I'd, I'd use it in a sentence. Let me think about this. <laughs> I'm trying to think about this. I might need a second. You could just read your lyric. <laughs> <laughs> you could have had a rock star, but you chose up on a bum star. That works. That that works. I bum I don't know if I, how to how to how I'd use it in a sentence. Who is a bum star? Who is a bum star? A lot of people. A lot of people are bum stars. A lot of people um, are are just not the pure people that they present to the world I think that's that could be what Bumstar is mm. and um, I think that Bumstar is also like a word that's like it's like you you might be um, famous but you might be famous for the wrong reasons mm. you know yeah, or or even when it's um, I don't know I guess we'll leave it there yeah it's a good explanation yeah I feel educated. It's it has no definition. That's the thing. Though. I think you putting it in the song gave it a definition. Like that's you, that's what I tried to do. Yeah, I, I tried giving it a definition by putting it in the song. Knowledge is power. Thank you. Is it? Correct me if I'm wrong, but like in my history of like internet timeline, there was a moment in time where people like very much sexualized you very heavily online. Yes. You yeah. were in like that group of like, uh, is that correct? Am I wrong on um, that? He was a very handsome man. Yeah, oh, but like you, you, would you wear like gray sweatpants on the internet? Gray sweatpants? Uh, honestly, I, I like. Oh, the answer is yeah. Like, I mean, you're, are you just trying I've to say never, no? No. I've never really like worn them to like, you know, sexually arouse people. You okay, know? Like, so the answer is yes. <laughs> you have. I I own gray sweatpants. <laughs> I I mean what? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say I don't own gray sweatpants. No, but. It's, it's weird because like I started like seeing you socially like out places, but like out like not in that phase of your 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 career. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh huh. Like more like when you were releasing music. Yeah, we've we've only met just recently. Yeah, I mean, is it maybe like a year ago? Within a year? Probably within the last like six months, I think. No. Maybe? No, I think so. Because when we first met, I think we were at Tana's house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's gross. 
<laughs> so wait, explain the gray sweatpants thing. Are people wearing these because they show your dong? Yes, people do, but they did. They don't do it anymore, right? Oh, is it a trend? I go to Carlos' camera. No, they probably do. I don't know. I, I'm more of like a, a fashion guy. Like if, yes. I, if I post on TikTok, it's more of me like showing off an actual fit than just like showing in like gray sweatpants and a tank top. <laughs> We've grown. Like, We've elevated. I, I don't think I was ever there, though. I, I feel like... I gotta, I'll scour through your 10,000 your 10,000 TikToks. Oh, no. I feel like his roommates may have done that in the past and he's just getting wrapped up into this whole thing. Yeah, I know. I, I just got thrown into this. No, but, now I'm here. You, <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is like you were like really genuinely one of the original TikTok heartthrobs. I think that's like definitely fair to say. Okay. Is that like hard for you to process at all? Um, Kind of, yeah. Like I've never like thirsted over myself I don't know like, I, I, do you start I, seeing yourself a little bit differently when you find or you realize that there's like hordes and hordes getting hot sweating over here <laughs> Jesus. these questions okay relax <laughs> no but do you start seeing yourself differently when there's hordes of people who find you beautiful um I think it's like it's cute I, I, I like when people um like find me attractive I guess but I've never like really tried to feed into it too much you know I've posted like a shirtless photo every here and there but like that's it yeah I feel like I'd get lost in it really yeah oh yeah oh yeah yes you get lost in the yeah if I was attractive enough to post like shirtless photos on the internet and then got positive responses from people oh you get lost in the sexy sauce. Yeah, dude. I'd, get, I'd be blinded by it. I'd be blinded by my own beauty. My whole life would be different. <laughs> Everything about me would be different. I think you're sexy, so. Th that's a lie, but thank you so much. Thank you so much. I never lie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when did you decide to drop Lil from the name? Oh, I decided to drop Lil when it came down to uh, a conversation that I had with um, with my label. I wanted to, to drop... Uh, a little out of my name because um, this year I turned 20 and I wanted to, um, I guess, move on in, in a sense that's like, how can I make people perceive me as a little bit more grown up of, of uh, a version of myself? And so I, I wanted to, to drop Lil just so I could um, become Huddy, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess the whole world kind of knew you as Lil Huddy from social media. It's a way to kind of separate yourself and like Huddy's the music side of you. Gotcha. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, I like burped. Are Huddy and Chase the same person? Um, yeah, pretty much. But pretty also, much. Like, like, yes and no. Like, I'm, I'm definitely, like, a more um, outgoing person in, in real life. But I have a lot of emotions, and I feel like I deal with my emotions in my music, and that's what makes it so heavy. I agree. I want to hear more music, though. I know, me too. I'd love to release more. You're independent. You can do whatever you want. Truth. Just, truth. Did you actually think you were a vampire? <laughs> no. I've never thought I was a vampire. Hmm. Do you, conspiracies on the internet, I think, uh, thought you were a vampire, no? I just... I don't know how that'd be possible. I mean, <laughs> I have, like, the teeth, you know? I've got fangs <laughs> from, like, biting my teeth from when I was a kid. But that's, you, that's pretty much it. You, you know? also broke your leg at two years old. How the fuck did you know that? <laughs> that's crazy. Who told you these? What is that like? <laughs> Honestly, is that frightening? I mean, you're two years old. You don't remember. I, but like, 
Does it change your life? Are you normal now? <laughs> I'm I'm great today. How do you know this? So, um, it's a, a long story, but it's also a short one. Um, <laughs> so my mom, my mom uh, was carrying me when I was a baby, and um, she was uh, just walking down the stairs. She was holding me like this, and um, so I've been told she missed a step, and we both tumbled down. And my mom it wasn't like completely falling on me, but we both took a tumble yeah. and she landed on my leg Oof. and that broke it before I could like I think I just started to walk oh, shit and so I had to go straight back into crawling <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with a giant cast is heavy right I'm, I'm you're two years old you don't know the the cast is probably this big yeah like this long it's Wait, very small you're normal now yeah I'm, I'm great now my legs work that's great which is nice that's cool sick <laughs> what else you got? What else can you dig up? I know you're a huge Pokemon fan. Oh shit, yeah. And your grandma texts you to make sure that you're okay if you don't smile in photos. Oh uh, yeah, my, my that's really cute. My grandma texts me, but I also like never smile in photos. Like there's like yeah, you're a vampire. I just don't like my smile. I don't know. It's there's like something about really my smile that like I don't really like. Yeah, I try not to smile. You know, in photos, just because I like the way that it captures my face more if I were not smiling. Can I be very honest with you in not creepy way? Go ahead. In the moments where you were smiling in this conversation, I thought that was when you were the most attractive. What? Yes. Thank you. He's trying so hard not to smile right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> just prone. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, ha I guess I have a different view of myself. I always, like... I don't know. It takes me a hundred photos to get a good one of me smiling, but it takes me like a, a lot less tries if I were to not be smiling in a photo. And I don't know. I, I guess that's just like uh, me and my <laughs> fight with my smile. An ongoing saga. But like, do do we wish appearance and aesthetic wasn't a part of what it means to make music? Or do you see why the two are connected? I I see why the two are connected because um, the the colors that you portray in your artistry need to reflect on who you are as a person. Like I think the colors of your music have to match your favorite colors, have to match your car, you have to match your your house, have to match just your your vibe has to be cohesive. I guess it has to make sense. Everything has to make sense with you. Cohesive and genuine. More music. Do you have a date in your head? I don't have a date in my head, but I have a few songs in mind. Cool. All new songs? Or are you pulling from the archive? I'm, um, could be both because there's some really good new stuff, but there's also a lot of like really good stuff that's also in the archives as well. Sick. What are you thinking? Well, when you first walked in, you were talking about how you're still recovering from tour. How was that whole experience? Still recovering from tour. <laughs> fully. I. It was a great experience. I'd never been on tour before. This was my first tour. Um, I was uh, playing with Oliver Tree and this other guy. Uh, his name was Johnny. He's a great artist. Um, and we just went out on, on the road and it was, it was a great time. I had never performed for people. And so really getting to understand my stage presence and like what that means and how your music translate when it comes back to people live like 
there would be moments where I'd be playing my slower songs and I'd see people start slow dancing in the crowd. Oh, like, sick. And there would be moments where I'd be playing like really uh, uh, more like pop rock songs and, and stuff like that would get people bouncing a little bit more. There, there was just like something about figuring out what your stage presence is that takes all of the time up until you're actually there on the stage. Like you have to understand yourself more while you're on the stage. Like even in rehearsals, it's just a completely different world. Like trying to think what you figure out how you do it and how you actually do it are two completely different things. Like it's so real. The energy is so real and live. What do you realize about your music after per- after performing it in front of a crowd? I I realize like um the depth of it like I could I, I could feel yeah like the emotion and how it like relate like translates to people in like present time so like when when I see that I'm like yeah it's different yeah it takes new meaning too mm-hmm. it takes whole new meaning what do you get from Taco Bell <laughs> I I get um so they, they took my favorite thing off the menu which what is, is it triple layered nacho oh <laughs> freak you eat the nachos i fucking love the nachos wow so i i get two doritos loco tacos okay i get a steak quesadilla okay with, uh the mild sauce i get um a chips and cheese i get a cheese roll up and i get a baja blast freeze <laughs> i i get a lot classic and sometimes cinnamon twist depends on how i'm feeling have you done the cinnamon delights yeah those are really good too yeah, they're good i tried pretty much everything from taco bell grilled cheese burrito is amazing You've had that? I haven't tried that one. We we actually got it at Taco Bell before it came out. Oh, yeah, we did. The woman who invented it made it for us, which was very elite, and then I've been eating it ever since. Sick. But, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty sick. I'm not going to lie. By the way, don't hate on triple layer nachos. They were delicious. They were like a dollar. They were easy. They were simple. Yeah. It's so weird. Love I just <laughs> I, I don't think of nachos when I go to Taco Bell. Like, I'm always getting a cheesy gordita crunch, Doritos Locos cheesy gordita crunch, I get like a cheese quesadilla with rice. Okay. And then grilled cheese burrito. That's my order. It's different. Sounds, sounds normal enough, you know, but the triple layer nacho, it was, there's something about it. It was like beans and then they had the red sauce yep. and they had the nacho cheese on top of that. So it was just, dude, it was like the perfect combination. And then they did the nacho bel grande uh, sort of that. thing. And that one's just not, uh, doesn't compare. It doesn't compare. <laughs> it's not even close. Wow. It's good to know that you're a Taco Bell fan. Huge. That me too. Changed my life. Seriously, gotta love them. The first thing I ever saved money for was Taco Bell because every other kid in my neighborhood would eat it, and my mom would never take me. So I walked three and a half miles to get it with quarters. Quarters. Oh yeah. Hell yeah! You were a hustler. Changed my fucking (laughs) life. I live for them. God. Yeah, the nachos. I underrate them, but the cheesy fiesta potatoes are highly underrated as well. Try the Fiesta potatoes. You've tried everything I haven't tried. Yeah, what is that? That's weird. That's interesting, though. No, I, I also think like a Taco Bell order t- says a lot about somebody. You think so? So evaluating my Taco Bell order, <laughs> what does that say about me? I mean, as a person. You, <laughs> you like variety, which I respect. You also order in droves. You also like the classics. I mean, you, you get the freaking uh baja blast freeze respect absolutely that's the best thing on the menu and but you also like the simple things i mean nothing is more basic than a cheese roll up 
I do like the simple things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I respect. And the nachos, like you're not afraid to use your hands clearly, and that's that says something. <laughs> that's what we've learned about oh, you. Oh my gosh, that is a deep evaluation. I mean, you use your hands to eat them, right? You're not using a fork. I would not use a fork to eat nachos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the steak quesadilla I do, I mean, that is classic, but it's also premium. So you're a man who likes the finer things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, I think the best thing on the menu is probably their, their Baja Freeze or their uh, their tacos. That's just me, though. Again, the simple things. But the Doritos Locos, like, then you, 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 you like a little spicy. Yeah, it's fantastic. I don't think it's spicy, though. No, but do you remember the, weren't they doing fiery Doritos Locos taco shells for a while? They were. Yeah, maybe. They I haven't are. tried them. I mean, like, they add, like, it's not spice, but they just add a, a pizzazz. Anyway. <laughs> nice. Sorry. Um, I think Zach's hungry. <laughs> I would, I, dude, like, I fuck Taco Bell. I, I fuck it up, like, twice a week, like, at a minimum. We, we could post-minute it right now, I, 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 honestly. God, don't, don't do that to me. Um, I really want more music, though, so I'm very excited. Do we want an album next? Do you want an EP? You call the shots. Is that scary? Um, it's not scary. I, I think I'm going to need a little bit more time before I, um, have a choice or like have a decision made in my head. Like I want to do an album next, but I want to, um, follow it, follow up uh, a few more singles before I really, um, solidify an album. Is there a logic behind that? Um, yeah, I guess it's sort of like building up a hype for it. I don't really have an album title yet. And um just know what I want to make it about. Like, that's that's all I really have right now. And I, I'm about to start working now that I'm back from tour. I'm about to start working all month and just uh, really trying to figure that out for myself. But I do want to do another album. I feel like a sophomore album's very necessary. Do you want to fall in love? No. I feel like I'm at a point where I want to be married to the game. And I want to really just um, get into um, like a, a zone with my music and just start being very independent. I feel like I've been going on my whole life um, with a lot of codependency, and and so now I'm I'm living alone, and I'm gonna I'm just start um, getting in my bag with my with my music. I guess that is. You were in a, a lot of relationships before seven, mm. and you're only twenty. Yeah, it's a lot of relationships. So yeah. there were a lot. A lot of them were like shorter, like high school relationships and shit. But there were like a few, you know, very uh, long lasting relationships. But for you, want to do this is a big deal. A lot of respect. Yeah, kudos beyond. But also, like, we've had di- so many artists on the show, and a lot of them in different ways. Talk about like needing to be selfish in your early twenties to make it as a real artist and to figure it out, mm. because there's a real level of just like self obsession's the wrong word, but like mm. it needs to be about you. Do you get what I'm saying? It's yeah. hard to make it about like you got to be selfish to win. I feel bit. like uh, in a way, I, I'm also. It's not even like you're being selfish. It's just like you're not giving yourself to anybody. That's it. You know. Yeah, I think you have to focus up and be super independent during your young 20s it's not anything selfish it's you choosing yourself for the first time self-love is not selfish yeah not at all especially if you're 
if you're just pretending to yourself but if you're like if you're leading like eight people on and then you're like i'm not gonna date any of you guys because i'm cool as fuck <laughs> like then you're a dickhead but you know but you also could do that mm -hmm. but you know that's not even me right now i'm just uh i've just been very isolated been more to myself and just working with my with my people be married to the game exactly word for word and don't leave people on that is dicky yeah right yeah you're a nicer guy than that right absolutely okay i'm a great guy yeah you smile now now it's new it's new to you. there we go you good yep no more questions from you i think we covered a lot here holy shit really we covered a ton it's so weird whenever dan doesn't have more questions at the end that actually means we covered it all really we covered a yeah, lot here because he like keeps track on his little computer <laughs> Well, anything you guys want to ask, I'm an open book. <laughs> Carlos camera? I don't know about that. <laughs> no, no, no. You have any questions? No, no, we're good. Speak now or forever hold your fucking pace. Yes. I mean, is there any other questions you have? Are you pop punk? Yeah, pretty much. Just like the fine line between the two. Got it. You love? You fuck with the genre? Absolutely. Heavily. Sick. What about you? It means a lot to me. What are your three favorite bands? Oh, Dan? Census Fail. That's a tough question. The Killers? The Killers, so hard. I might put the 1970, 1975 in there. Cute. Yeah, I think that's my top three. Cute. Yours? I mean, does Bruce Springsteen count in the E Street Band? I guess it count as a band. Uh, um, maybe put Linkin Park in there. Good choice. Um, God, I don't know. I don't know who gets the third. That's really hard. Who are your top three? Um, I'd say uh, probably Kiss. Mm. Um, big fan of Deftones. Um, probably say Pierce Savelle. Oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely. They, they were just in here. Really? They came on Emo Night Radio. I love Vic. Vic's such a, a wholesome person. Yeah. He's such a nice guy. You are a punk. I mean, <laughs> people who say Pierce Savale know the fucking genre, man. Yeah. I, I think, like, he's, like, I, I don't know. I view him as, like, a different level. Like, I think he's so good. Like, I think he's, like, past, like, any of the other bands I listen to. Like, I love his music so much. Yeah, they're, I, I, I'm just getting familiar with them. Really? Yeah, I'm new to them. Yeah. I feel like I've been missing out. Do you have been missing out? What, like when people started to to go crazy about King for a Day, because that that started going crazy on TikTok. Yeah. Um, I was just like, dude, you guys are just now finding out about the song. I thought the song was humongous, like, and um, yeah, that's that was been one of my favorite songs in the last like three years. Like, that that's music now, though, bro. Like it's crazy that songs that can be just sitting dormant or been around forever can, at any second, spark new life. Yeah, seriously, I, I've I've seen that with TikTok. It's kind of crazy how, like, even like, the the one from Stranger Things, the running up that hill. Yeah, that bro, that girl got her bag. Yeah, she did. <laughs> As being one of the founding people on that app, essentially, is it weird to see what it's become? Um. Kind of, yeah. It's kind of become the music industry in a sense. <laughs> is it that crazy? I don't know how that happened but it's it, yeah it's wild it, it really plays a role in the music industry did you think it was gonna like when you first started posting like 
never you, thought in a million years. Yeah. Never thought in a million years. It's taken on a new life in the last two years within itself. Like all of the fandoms, like what was like Twitter fandoms is like those certain sparks of things now happen on TikTok. Totally. And like in like way larger capacities. Yeah, you're 100% correct. It's crazy. And so like then now have taken music and its own direction. Like when people go crazy over a song, they lose their mind on TikTok. Like they push it so much. So we're married to the game. Do we look at friends a little bit differently? Yeah, I, I feel like I've I've had to to look at um, my my friends over the last like even like couple of years. Like I've been very like low key since the beginning of uh, twenty one um, with my friends. I've I've kept like a very small corner of people in my circle and like. I don't know. It's it's been really tough. Had a lot of friends pass away in the last year, even. Hard to trust people. Yeah, it's really hard to trust people on like every aspect. Like, I don't I don't know. People have like weird notions in L.A. and weird morals. That is true. Yeah. Scary to bring people in, new people. I haven't brought anyone in my friend group like this year. I don't think. Like I've been, um, like super like isolated and I've been um like just staying in my room a lot of the year just been writing a lot and um I don't know it's been a hard year for me especially but from that uh, from things that are tough comes growth you know mm -hmm. growth is not easy growth is not painless nor is art so yeah absolutely uh, it's taken some time to really uh, bring myself back together because, like, this year has just been really tough. Like, I think, like, my, my great-grandma passed away, like, right before the end of last year. And in the beginning of this year, I lost another one of my friends. And then this summer, I lost another one of my friends. So it's just, uh, I don't know. I guess this stuff's kind of, like, caught up to me. Like, real life's just sort of hit me in the face and, like... I don't know. It's kind of been tough to really take that in emotionally. Like uh, I've been like, I've been numb to a lot of the shit that the world's had to offer. So I haven't been going out. I haven't been doing much. Just been really kept to myself. Have you just writing music? Just writing music. That's really it. Share the music. You have an open door policy to come on our show whenever you want. Excited, man. Thank to just you. hear the art you put out there and to follow the journey. Truly. I appreciate that. Dude, I appreciate you. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Oh, it was a great time. Really? Let's do it again? Yeah, absolutely. You good? Yep. Carlos camera? Do we miss uh, anything, Carlos? No. Yeah, Carlos is like, oh. Camera's <laughs> recording? <laughs> Imagine they're not. <laughs> Buddy, Chase, thank you so much, man. Oh, thank you guys for having me. It's been about a real pleasure. Appreciate you. Hey, beautiful human, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I really appreciate you hearing what Huddy had to say. Please subscribe to our podcast, share what they care about, and hang out with us again soon. Now go have a great day. Be safe, hug your family if you can, don't go to jail. And keep listening to music, because I'm telling you, it helps make the world go around. Peace and love. By the way, today's episode is made possible by a few incredible humans, including our executive producers, Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zola, Joshua Rusak, and Olivia Rudensky. Our senior director, Toby Lawless. 
Our associate producer is Eve Bishop and Claudia Villarreal. Our music is by James Asciutto. Our editor is Camera Carlos Gomez. Our sound mixer is Daniel Chavez-Crook. Our post-production manager is Caroline Rude. And I'm your host and executive producer, Zach Sang. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I'll talk to you real soon. <laughs>